really is. So tonight we have the final world empire. Wow, that sounds pretty well out there, doesn't it? You know, this is how I fight my battles. You know, through all we teach tonight, God has everything under control is the message. You know, God has everything in control. God's will is always accomplished. Nothing thwarts the will of God, and we'll see that as we go through it. Secondly, Jesus is coming again. He is coming to planet Earth. He's coming in power. He's coming in glory, and every eye will see him when he returns. He he won't come as the lamb, no, no, as the lion of the tribe of Judah, as the ruler of this this globe, this broken planet. He is going to come and rule uh, this place. He really is. And so that is what our message is all about. And so we're going to put our slide up, which says uh, Daniel chapter 2, verse 31, and then we'll read a few verses and we'll explain this. Let's go. I'm just going to pray first. Father, I want to thank you tonight for your goodness. I thank you for for tonight that our God reigns, that nothing ever takes you by surprise, that you love us dearly. Lord, you love this planet dearly, and you have all things in hand. And we pray tonight our hearts will be full of hope. Lord, our understanding will increase, and we'll be ready and waiting and doing the Master's will. So bless, Lord, your word to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. So, a guy called Nebuchadnezzar, I don't know if you know any of those Nebuchadnezzars, it's a pretty uncommon name, but he has this dream, and I don't know if you've ever had a dream, and you, you wake up and you think, man, what was that dream, it was so amazing. Well, he had a dream just like that, and, and it was a really big dream, and it really wasn't for Nebuchadnezzar at all, because if he'd remembered it, we wouldn't be reading about it, but it was because he couldn't remember it that he actually said, hey guys, you don't tell me what I dreamed, and then the interpretation, I'm going to take off your head. So these guys are very worried, and uh, Daniel said, no, no, O king, God interprets dreams, and he will reveal it. And God gave Daniel the the dream that he had and the interpretation. It was a massive dream that would span thousands of years. So we pick up the story in Daniel 2, 31. You, O king, Nebuchadnezzar, in your dream were watching, and behold, a great image. This great image, whose splendor was excellent, stood before you, and its form was awesome. And the image's head was of fine gold. You know, that fine gold, as Daniel goes on to say, was you, Nebuchadnezzar. It was the kingdom and the empire of Babylon was extremely wealthy, hence the picture of the gold, immensely wealthy, and it ruled the entire known world at that time. The the dream moves on, and the next kingdom will come up. And he goes on and he says that the, uh, the chest... And the arms were of silver. And so now hundreds of years move on. Well, actually not that much, but uh, about a hundred or so years come on. And, uh, and the next kingdom he begins to talk about. It's the kingdom of Persia, or known as Medo-Persia, but predominantly Persian. And uh, that ruled the planet. And they took over from, from Babylon. And uh, there was a man by the name of Cyrus. And he was one of the kings of that uh, great empire. And before he was born, 150 years before he was born, Isaiah, in Isaiah 45, names the king, prophesies about him, said, God has raised you up, God has put you, Cyrus, in power, and you are going to build me a house in Jerusalem. And some of that word got to Cyrus 150 years later when he was now born. He saw his name there, he was astounded, and he commissioned the Jews to go back and build a temple 
in Jerusalem as God had ordained. You know, isn't God amazing that 150 years he could do something like that? Then it moved on and it says that its bellies and thighs were of bronze. And uh, bronze, well, that represented the kingdom of Greece. Uh, I found this out. The judo, the kingdom of Greece, invented the yo-yo. You probably didn't know that. That's a useless fact, but there you go. (laughs) The other interesting thing about the kingdom of Greece is a guy by the name of Alexander the Great came from there. Alexander, he was amazing, and uh, he was incredible, and it's reputed that at the age of 30, he wept and he cried because he had conquered the entire world as far as he could see, and he had no more worlds to conquer. What a, a remarkable man, had supernatural help, he really did. So we move on in this uh, image spanning thousands of years, and uh, Daniel goes on to the king, and he says this, the legs were of iron, left leg, right leg, this spoke of the kingdom of Rome, and all this is interpreted in scripture, particularly in Daniel, and also some of it in Revelation, and the kingdom of Rome was quite different, it was particularly cruel, or the, the empire of Rome rather, particularly cruel, and uh, they majored on crucifixion as, as the death. And of course, in the times when, in Psalm, I think, 22, when it was, it was uh, prophesied that Jesus would come and be crucified and, and so forth, there wasn't around much then, but God knew and God ordained this to be the case. And then it moves on, and then it says that uh, the feet, the feet were partly of iron and they were partly of clay. And this is the empire that we are talking about tonight, the last day's empire. Since the king or the empire of Rome, there has been no real global empire. There have been very large ones, and the sun didn't set on, at one stage on, on the kingdom of Britain. But no, no empire like these ones. But there's coming in these last days for a very short period of time, an empire that will rule planet Earth with, uh, with real strength, but also will have weakness in it as well. Because it says it's partly iron and partly of clay. Partly strong and partly weak. And we just go, guys, to the next slide, and we see those uh, there interpreted. And uh, it says in this vision that rock, a rock came, and it smashed into the feet and the bottom of this statue and broke it down, and that rock turned into a great mountain, and that mountain filled the earth. And, of course, that mountain is the kingdom of God, and that's what God has ordained. You know he's been right every other point all the way through these empires. He will be right on the last and the most important point. And we are living in a day, we are living in a day where we are setting the stage for the final world empire. You might think, well, I, I just can't see that. That's, that's nowhere. But I tell you, it is coming. And right now, things are being set in place. And uh, in Matthew chapter 24, the disciples ask Jesus and they say, Lord, when is this final uh, kingdom and when are you going to restore the nation of Israel? And in Matthew 24, it's all about end times. And likewise, in Matthew chapter 25, it's all about end times, Christ coming back to earth, judging the nations, things happening beforehand. And these are some of the things that right now God is setting in place. And I'm just going to pick a few of them, but there are many. The first one is the area of natural disasters. You know, there are driving forces on planet earth right now that you may or may not agree with, but these forces are driving things, they're driving society, 
they're driving the, the planet in a direction that is just heading somewhere. And I mentioned to you about my, uh, this friend of ours that we used to be like a neighbor of ours, and uh, we got chatting, and she, out of the, nowhere, she said to me, wow, what's happening in this world? It's just going somewhere fast. It's going somewhere. And she was quite confused, quite concerned. And it's, if, if we as Christians can have something we can share with them that we can take from tonight or just other things you can see in Scripture, it's great to do that, to say, well, I know where it's going. And uh, every opportunity I can talk about end times with unsaved people, I will take that because they don't know the future, but we do. You know, God has written the book. He's written the whole book. He's written the last page. We win. We triumph. We're on, God's on the throne and we're with Him. We serve a great God tonight. And uh, so these things are taking place at the moment. There's this thing of the natural disasters. It's, we're seeing climate change. And Jesus said there would be these things. I just read uh, uh, just a few days ago, this came out from a think tank in Melbourne, the National Center for Climate Restoration. And they said this, and it was reported in a newspaper. Our planet is heading down a bleak path toward an increasing and chaotic world. The world, they think, that will be over unless we change it by 2050. Now, many, see, but this thinking is gaining momentum and it's rapid. It's rapid and it's driving things in a direction. The, we see the Australian bushfires, terrible, out of control, just awful. The planet, Jesus said, is going to see increasing natural disasters. It's just going to keep happening. Our, our own nation here, we've seen things this year terribly sad. You know, in, uh, I read, and I haven't had later figures, but in 2016, we had a record number of earthquakes, 32,000. And these natural disasters are filling people's hearts with fear. And you know about fear, fear is very strong. And fear forces people to make a choice. And Jesus said in Luke 21, one of the, the signs of the end of the age is fear. Fear in people's hearts. Wow. It's an amazing thing. And so it's causing people, it's causing a polarization of views. And can't we see this in society coming in increasing polarization of views? The second one that Jesus talked about was the restoration of Israel in 1948 and the whole area of the Middle East. You know, Middle East conflict is not going to go away. This last week we had Donald Trump versus Iran. And, uh, you know, he's quite a man, isn't he? And for whatever you think of Donald Trump, he's extremely pro-Christian and extremely pro-Israel. And they are good things. They are good things. He's not a Christian. He doesn't pretend to be a Christian. But from what I've read of the prophecies regarding Donald Trump, even some of them years back, is that he will have two terms in office and he'll get saved and born again. So, you know, pray for that man because he's always, have you seen on the news, he's always got Christian leaders praying for him. I mean, that's amazing, isn't it? You know, I mean, I'm sure when Cyrus commissioned them to build the temple, he wasn't a believer, he wasn't a Christian, but God could use them. And God could do the same. So God knows who he puts in power. He really does at the end of the day. So the Middle East will continue to bring the, bring the world to the brink of war. And it will center around Israel. And you know, anti-Semitism or, or, or hatred of Jews really is on the rise. And even I just saw this program recently. The United Nations, who are really quite anti-Israel, twice in the last 12 months, have issued uh, messages about saying, hey, this anti-Semitism is just too strong and too much. 
It's going to keep rising, though. It's not going to stop because it's all heading towards the battle of Armageddon, which is right at the end of the age. And then there's the area of the rise of technology and speed. You know, since the year 2000, you think about some of the massive changes, enormous changes that have happened. The internet, well, it was around, but it really wasn't. The iPhone, the iPhone, I mean, I've just got my phone out for everything. And I took a photo of something this morning and somebody said, where would you be without your phone? And I, I don't know, my life is in my phone. I don't know where I would be without my phone. Google, apps, I mean, you know, these are just apps. We all use, by and large, we all use this stuff. It's such a big part. <laughs> and it's all on this giant database already, quite frankly. Instagram, Facebook, you know, all those things are, are going on. Uh, actually, um, Speaking of that stuff, uh, you, you know Dave Hall, he's coming to speak at our conference. Well, I just, this was on Instagram just the other day. He said, my wife asked me why I sp spoke so softly in the house. I am afraid Mark Zuckerberg was listening. <laughs> she laughed. I laughed. Siri laughed. And Alexa laughed. <laughs> hey, isn't it true? You get on your phone or you get on your computer, you happen to watch an ad, Next thing, you know, other ads for the same thing are coming in, you know? So I trick them. So I go on the ads I like because I know that's I'm gonna get, not going to get bothered with them and they're going to come on and I'll ignore them, you know? So, but uh, this is all happening, but it's going to become a lot more integrated. The fourth one, and there are, as I say, many others, is the end of cash, world debt, and money issues. Right now, there was just a report the other day on MSM News that said around 50 nations have debt that's either very close to or well over 100% of their earnings in a whole year. 50 nations. Now, debt is a driving force. Debt is going to push this world in a direction that won't change. World debt continues to grow and countries are drowning in it. United Kingdom, 85% of their GDP they are, they are in debt. USA, over 100%. Now, that's 21 or $22 trillion they owe. They owe. They are never going to repay it. They just won't. It's too much. Singapore, over 100%. Most of Europe, well over 100%. Japan wins the list, 237%. Now, debt cannot go on forever. There's coming a day. There is coming a day, it is, the, it is the, the elephant in the room. It's the elephant in the room, and it's here with us right now. Uh, it really is. The implications are massive. In addition to that, there is massive theft and tax evasion by giant large corporate companies and by the little fellas in the, in the cash society. You know, they reckon in, in New Zealand, it's about, there's a, an underground economy that's where people don't pay tax on about 25 billion dollars not million 25 billion dollars now what do you think these governments are going to do many of them have got programs that do things like pay superannuation pay health care they pay benefits they pay education and those costs were going to keep going up what do you think they're going to do as their debts start to really mount on them? They're probably going to have to address the issue of cash. 
And I think it's going to happen, and it's not too far away. Many countries, including our own, have even been talking about it. I heard people just on, uh, it was just some uh, program on TV3, a, a breakfast show, and they were talking about this about, about eight weeks ago, and talking about the fact that we've got a, a, quite a small proportion of cash that we have in our own economy. And they said, oh, New Zealand, we lead the economy and you know, lead the world in so many things. Do we have to lead them in this and have no cash in our society? They, you know, they weren't happy at all, these guys. And, um, you know, it's, uh, all this is going together, and eventually it's heading this way, which it becomes where cash will be removed, all payment will be in, uh, in a way that is being tracked, and eventually, because of theft or impersonation, eventually a credit card will be on the hand or on the forehead. It's called in the Bible the mark of the beast. Revelation 13, 17. No man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name, which we know is 666. Now that's, we don't have to be part of that. And the Bible says don't be part of that. And if we were around at that time, God will look after his own. He will look after his people. So don't allow fear to come into your heart. But this is in the scripture. It's in the Bible. God says it's going to happen. He says he's going to look after his people. Our key is to walk with him because Jesus will reign. The stone smashes the final world empire. We are on the winning side. So how do we prepare? How do we prepare? Well, slide number five gives us some keys. Here's just some thoughts, but this is from Jesus giving us advice. So Matthew 24, verse 3, the disciples asked Jesus, what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And he answers all through Matthew 24, a whole ton of things he says is going to happen. And then he goes on in Matthew 25, and in the midst of all this teaching on end times, he gives a parable. And the parable is of the ten virgins. Amazing. It's an end time parable. It's for the time of the end. And he says, just before Christ comes back and they meet with the bridegroom, uh, yeah, with the bridegroom, because they're the bride, we're the bride, right? Okay, so five are wise, get it right, five are wise, five are foolish. Okay, what makes someone wise? Well, the wise ones fill their lamp with oil. What does oil represent? Oil represents, that's right, the Holy Spirit. God is saying to us, if you're going to be wise in these last days, because I, I predict that the uh, things will simply escalate. They will just escalate and head more in the direction that we are seeing in front of us right now. Things are not backing off. They are heading and ramping up because God is taking things in a direction to uh, final of the whole thing. We don't want to be like the foolish ones that had little or no oil, do we? We're going to have, have our lives filled. So the key to victory is the Holy Spirit. My Bible says, not by might. Not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. The key to an answer in life is the Holy Spirit and working with the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit wants you to know Him. And He wants to work with you. And He wants you to work with Him. You know, God doesn't want us ever just to be people who work for God. He wants us to be ones who work with Him. Because a person who works for Him is merely a servant. And He says, I've called you friends. And friend knows what he's saying and works with them. That's the heartbeat of God. He wants us to work with him. 
And there was a man named Hezekiah who was attacked by a world power. But we'll bring it down to our own situation because God will sort the big picture out. But in our own lives, it's like really important, isn't it? We can apply some of these truths. So King Hezekiah, he's doing things in 2 Chronicles 32. He's doing things well. And after these deeds of faithfulness by Hezekiah, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came and entered Judah. He encamped against the fortified cities, thinking to win to them over to himself. And later on that he, he's concerned, he's hearing about what Sennacherib is going to say. And Sennacherib's, you know, from this very large empire, not a world empire, but a very large one. And just 50 years earlier, Jonah had gone down and preached to them in the, you know, in the belly of the fish and preached them and they'd repented. But now 50 years had passed and things had changed. And here they were attacking the nation of Judah. And in verse 6, Hezekiah speaks to the guys on the battlements as they're getting ready for this big giant army to bring an onslaught. And he says, be strong, guys. Be courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid or dismayed before the king of Assyria, nor before all the multitude that is with him, for there are more with us than with him. And then later on, it says that Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah, they pray and they cry out to God. You know, there's some great keys here that we can take note of for applying to the things that we face occasionally that overwhelm us, that seem too big and too large, and they do come occasionally. But, you know, the key is the Holy Spirit, supernatural victory that God wants to bring. And it said there in verse 21, in our final slide, Then the Lord sent an angel who cut down every mighty man of valor, leader, and captain in the camp of the king of Assyria. God fought and won a great battle. You know, it wasn't the power of Hezekiah. It wasn't the prayers that they did. It was God himself. But those prayers, they played a part. That right speech, it played a part. God is well able to look after his people. He's well able to look after you and your possessions. He's well able to look after your family. He's well able to look after the things that are near and dear to you. You know, he really is. He's a good God and he has your interest in heart. I remember years ago, and I was just thinking about this as I was driving here tonight. Um, I had a, a shop in uh, Green Lane, and uh, it was pretty, I was pretty busy, and I was working there by myself in those days. And I, I must have been really pressurized, because we, we closed the door with, the, with a, a big roll of door that we would bring down and, and lock back then, a big tin door. It was very secure. And I, I remember coming out after a busy day, and I'd probably go after a meeting at church, and I forgot to close the door. So the door's wide up wide like that, and I've gone off. I don't even know what happened, haven't even done it. And I don't realize this until the next day I get back to my, my shop, which is on Great South Road in Green Lane. And that's a very busy shop, with, with a road with lots of people go past. And over, all over the entire night, that shop with, with money and, you know, in those days, a bit of cash and, you know, things like that are all left there and goods and the whole bit. And I completely left it open and forgotten about it. Now, I don't think many of you have been as bad as that at forgetting things. You know, that's really bad. That's really bad. And uh, I just, oh, man, I left it open. Wow. And I went in there and all the money's there, the goods there. Nothing was harmed. Nothing was touched. You know, God is faithful. He really is. He's very concerned at what's near and dear to you. But the key is handing it over to him. The Holy Spirit, you know, he wants to look after those things. So when we do faithful things, when we do good things, that's like we're walking with him together. 
you know. And it doesn't mean to say we won't be attacked sometimes. So he was doing good and got attacked because when we do good, we're taking territory for God from the devil. And occasionally attacks come, but we will prevail and we will win. You know, it said that he spoke words of life. In verse 6, I think it was, he said to those guys, he spoke words of life. And you know, speaking words of life, and I, I guess at times, I don't know how you feel, but I felt challenged by God to speak more words of life and less words that are not so good. And um, I had something happen to me, it was quite personal, but, but I really felt God through this speak to me. About, I don't know, eight, nine months ago, uh, I saw this thing on my lip that was growing. And uh, I was in a chemist in Australia, and he said, oh, I'll get someone to have a look at that, because I was trying to get a cream. And Well, eventually, you know, I'm really slow, but I got to the doctor eventually, some months after that, and he said, I think that needs to be looked at. So long story short, so I go, and the clinic looks at it, and they said, yep, that's a melanoma on your lip. Now, it was basal melanoma. It was the lowest grade. They said, yeah, you could leave it, but, you know, it's better to get rid of it, because if you don't, it's going to grow. So, so I did, but... So before I had that little bit operation of about 10 minutes, it was very quick, not long at all, but I was asking God for healing, and I was really seeking God on healing, and I was crying out, saying, God, in the past, I've seen you heal me, I've seen it, you're faithful, and I was really crying out to God for a, for a good period of time. And, and as I was waiting in God about this and declaring words, I felt God speak to me, and he talked about, he said, I'm going to circumcise your lips. And I, I knew he was saying, I'm going to do it in the natural with that operation because I want to do it in your life. And um, just to show you how nice God is, God gave me a verse just before I, I had it, which was Isaiah, uh, sorry, Psalm 45, verse 2, about grace on your lips. And when I was going, when I was going to uh, the, the nurse to get the stitches taken out after, after a little few weeks, and I phoned up and I just chatted to the nurse, and I said, oh, what's your name? And her name was Esther. So, oh, that's great. So a week later, I got along there, and she said, oh, no, Esther's sick. She's not here today. Oh, what's your name? She said, my name is Grace. And Grace was literally on my lips, literally. Yeah, I tell you. You know, God is so personal. He is so kind. He is so nice. He knows what we need. I'm with you. I'm with you in this. And whatever it is that he's taking you through, like Hezekiah, he's with you. He's with you. And grace, it truly is what it's all about. And finally, there are more for us, Hezekiah said, more for us than against us. You might be facing a battle, or this year, and I hope it doesn't happen, but you might face something, you think, oh, I just feel surrounded. But Hezekiah said, by faith, you couldn't see it, there are more for us than against us. There are more for us than are against you. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. God will cause us to triumph in Christ. We fight our battles in the power of the Spirit. As we draw near to God, as like Isaiah and Hezekiah, as we pray, we draw down God's presence. I believe God is causing His people to rise up in prayer, to press in, to break through. And for myself, I guess in a very long time walking with God, I've never felt so challenged of pressing in for prayer as I do right now. I know that breakthrough is coming, not just for us individually, but for us as a nation. We are on God's radar, and God is saying to the church, will you rise and pray?
Will you seek my face? God says, army of God, wake up. Wake up the mighty men. Wake up the mighty women. Wake up the mighty children. Arise, church, and pray. God is calling his people to pray. Now is the time. And if you feel just a flutter and a slight stirring of the spirit, respond to that. Make a move in that. And as you make that move there, you will find God will come in and begin to confirm and take you another step forward. I tell you, you know, when, when Christ prayed in Gethsemane, he went a little farther, it said, and the angel came and strengthened him. Go a little farther than where you are right now. Don't stay where you are. You know, we have the privilege of traveling across New Zealand at times, and we, we meet and stay with pastors and lovely people, but sometimes we can sense they're not moving forward, and God wants them to. You know, all of us need to keep moving forward all the days of our life. And this is the day. This is the day because there are challenges that are out there that God will cause us to overcome in. And prayer and fighting the battles, God's way is the answer. So we're going to call the team out now. But I love the words as they come. Thanks, guys. No weapon that is formed against you will prosper. Every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you will condemn. God has caused us to be the head and not the tail. We fight our battles. We overcome. We win because that's what God ordains. He loves us dearly and he is for us. Amen. Okay. Thank you.